Today on the news and why it matters, we have our analysis of the Democratic debates last night. Oh, yeah, you're going to want to tune in for this because we know that you didn't tune in last night. Also, the <laughs> impeachment hearings today, uh, what you missed or didn't miss. Got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Mr. Stuberkier. I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you. Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be more formal and respectful now in the show. Now? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've finally. Doing, I've been trying the opposite for a few years. So <laughs> I'm that, so. We've also got uh, from The Daily Wire, Josh Hammer, back in studio. Sarah, in contradiction to Stu's sarcasm, I really am happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate someone actually being genuine around here. <laughs> Got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So if you are one of many, you know, millions of Americans that just live in pain and you just think that that's the way life is, and maybe you've tried pharmaceutical drugs to just kind of mask the symptoms, That's not what you want. And you also don't need to walk around in pain all the time. you got to try Relief Factor. Relief Factor is 100% drug-free. It targets the inflammation in your body, which oftentimes is where your pain begins. And you just don't realize it. So maybe you've reached the age where everything hurts. Uh, You've reached the age that I'm at where I pull a muscle rolling out of bed in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Whatever the case may be, maybe you're in the military and you've just, your joints aren't what they used to be because you just done too much damage to them. Try Relief Factor. We've got so many viewers out there. It has changed their lives. It can change yours. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95 and you will know at the end of that pack whether or not Relief Factor is going to work for you. You can go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. That is relieffactor.com. Go ahead. Try it. You'll see. It's worked for all of us. It can work for you. All right. So um, I I feel like the left is um, trolling us right now because we've had a full, what, two days. We've had impeachment hearing going into the Democratic debate last night, going into another impeachment hearing all day today. And I just feel like I want to jump off a bridge, quite frankly, (laughs) after hearing all of this back to back to back. Uh, But, Stu, did you watch the debates? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, You watched the highlights of the debate? Yes, I've watched. I I did watch a decent amount of it. Okay. Um, You know, there's only a a certain amount that people can handle, especially after a whole day of impeachment hearings. I know. That's what I'm saying. Whiskey helps. Whiskey does help. Oh, I did find that out as well. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's, uh, I hope. The holidays are going to cure this because, man, right now this is a this is a rough stretch we're in. I mean, you know, hearing the impeachment hearings all day long, and then you're supposed to go at night and, and watch these Democrats debate, and I, you know, it's hard to to understand what any of their strategies are at this point. I mean, if, if you're if you're a Cory Booker or you're a you know Andrew Yang, and you're sitting there at the bottom, like, it didn't seem like there's much action at all, with the with the exception of two people at like three percent, Gabbard and Harris, going at it. There was really not much action at all, not a lot of fireworks, and you think you gotta you gotta stir this up a little bit at some point. I keep thinking this is gonna happen. Hasn't happened yet. Gonna happen at some point in this campaign. Someone's gonna say something negative about Pete Buttigieg. At some point in one of these debates, one of these candidates is going to say, you know what? Maybe that guy shouldn't be president, and here's why. Instead, I guess I don't know if he's like an untouchable like class at this point. I don't know what the deal is. But I mean, Amy Klobuchar kind of came at him a little bit, but it was on the experience thing. Yeah, it was kind of a veiled yeah, insult. Like, like, look, it, 
the experience thing has some merit, mm-hmm. right? Like we all understand. I when, mean, we do have a president in the White House who who had none, right? Literally <laughs> zero political. Yeah, experience. You know, frankly, that has at times probably uh, hurt his effectiveness, right? Yeah. I mean, it is nice if you have some um, experience. But like this argument that basically like, well, he might be the best guy, but he's younger than me. It's not really a good argument. It almost like in a way, it's like if you're a sports fan, you're like, wait, the guy's better than you and younger. Like we need to sign him for even more money. It kind of sends a weird message. I understand that like there is a a level of uh, maturity where you might say, okay, well, this person might not be might not have the characteristics we want as a president. He hasn't had enough life experience. But B, Pete Buttigieg is kind of like an old guy in a young guy's body. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very smart. He seems very, like, he never gets rattled by anything. He's very smooth. Um, and it, so it doesn't seem like it has much effectiveness so far. And he always has the trump card of, like, oh, I don't have an experience. Well, I was, I was in the military. I'm, I've been defending the country, which is a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's, if, if that's all you can come up with against Buttigieg, he's got a chance to actually win this nomination. Yeah. Uh, Josh, we've got some clips to get into, but what about the debates, if anything, stuck out the most to you? So definitely overall a pretty lackluster affair. Mm-hmm. I mean, just not much in the way of fireworks. I mean, I mean Stu, you're saying these people are polling at 2 3%. What are they doing up there? I mean, yeah. like now is on national television. You've got to take a stand. I mean, you've got to come out there and just say something crazy at bare minimum, <laughs> like get some headlines, or for mm-hmm. God's sake. But mm-hmm. what stood out to me is that Joe Biden looks just horrible. Yeah. I, I don't really understand what has happened in these three years since the Obama presidency ended, but he's just losing it. And I, I don't take like joy in that as conservative. It's, it's honestly like, frankly, pretty sad to watch, frankly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Joe Biden looking uh, just uh, like there's something wrong, quite frankly, and I don't mean that in a, a mean, condescending way. I just uh, it's difficult to watch him up on that debate stage. Uh, let's watch Joe Biden talking about uh, what the two things the next president would need to do also defeat Donald Trump. I, I don't know. Watch. Right now, Republicans in Congress, including some of whom you've worked with for decades, are demanding investigations not only of you, but also of your son. How would you get those same Republicans oh. to work with you? Well, the next president of the United States can have to do, th- do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. And number two, it's going to have to make, be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places and get a Senate majority. Now, again, I don't mean this in a, a mean way, um, but you can tell the way he closes his eyes. He's really having to concentrate really hard in yeah. order to get that sentence out. And I think that's what's so troubling. Everyone stumbles over their words. But he looks like he's really in trouble there. Yeah, I mean, the facial expression on his face, just like the way he was looking down, the way mm-hmm. he like, very sheepishly looked up, mm-hmm. that is a look of a child who has his hand caught in the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. That's a look of a dog who has peed in the living room and is like, <laughs> about to be like, you know, like whipped or whatever. Um, he knows that he is just not on his A game. And again, like, I don't take like, any joy in this. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to watch. We all have kind of elderly relatives. We see grandparents kind of age. And um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just very sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, Biden, when he's trying to think through an answer, looks like someone who's trying to sprint in a pool. You know, like, it's, it's like... <laughs> what a good it just, analogy. It just doesn't, you can't, it doesn't matter how hard you're trying to run, it just, you're not fast yeah. in a pool. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it really is, it's, it's tough to watch. I mean, I, I made this argument on the show a few times in that Joe Biden is trying to do 1988 Joe Biden style mm-hmm. in 2019, mm-hmm. and he should try 2019 Joe Biden style, which that style should be slow and deliberate, yeah. and sh- short answer, almost Reagan 80, uh, 84, 
Yeah. Right? Like slow, deliberate, methodical. Stick to your points. Don't go crazy. You don't need to go crazy to win this nomination. Just exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the contrary, I mean, I like anecdotally know a lot of people in my life who tell me that Biden is still the only person they would vote for, gaffes and all, mm-hmm. because they view him as a return to normalcy. You know, I mean, it, I mean, well, they're in for it if he actually <laughs> becomes president. Yeah. But like all that saying, like what Stu's saying is totally correct. Yeah. Biden does not have to get out there and like Blair, like I'm like the most liberal person. All he has to do is be sane. Mm-hmm. And he can't even like competently do that. Yeah. A, a couple other uh, difficult Joe Biden moments. Um, He was talking about, I guess, women's rights, and he made this very bizarre, bizarre comment about when it's okay to hit women. Watch. And that's when we started this movement on the college campuses to fundamentally change the culture. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense. And that's rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. That's not what you want. And now the crowd laughed, which I was sitting there at home going, what are you saying? Why are you using that word? And the crowd laughed and he's like, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, But not really not a good look, especially for the Democrat Party, for the left, for the Me Too movement, the makers of the Me Too movement to say, well, you can't hit women unless it's in self-defense. And then pummel her. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a good look. (laughs) I mean... I, look, is it, it? It does happen, right? I'm, we do know that women do assault men. Like there's MMA say, fighters out there that could probably beat the crap out of me. Experience in this? Yeah, um, no, you're, you're fiery, though. I can see you totally going after Stephen. Can I, can totally I just say? It. Can I just, for the record, that's not happened. <laughs> and I would like to just say, I'm not saying. I actually think that if a woman comes at a man and starts swinging at him, he does have the right to defend himself. What I'm saying is, the Democrat Party has moved yeah. so far from that particular viewpoint, that should be unacceptable for him to say in right. that party today. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a lawyer, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the law. In law, sometimes you, you have what's called a super precedent. It's not a real concept, but like the left talk about, they talk about what a super precedent is. A super precedent is a precedent that has been upheld already. So they call it a super precedent. It's, it's a totally made up term. From a buying perspective, there are gaffes and then there are super gaffes, like gaffes on gaffes. On gaffes. Yeah. That is what that was. Yeah. The punch it on top. Yeah, that's on the top of it. That's like, not what you want. Because, I mean, like the first part of it is a completely dumb thing to bring up. Right. Like we all know that there have been cases where like, you know, but why say we're, it? We're, right. like what's her face? Uh, you know, we've had movies, you know, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, I almost had her name there. But uh, Monster, the movie Monster was made about uh, Charlie Starr. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, she's the, not actually the murderer. She was the actress. Oh, um, but uh, the actual. No, murderer. I didn't know that you were looking for the murderer. <laughs> I was looking for the murderer. I can't think of her name. But anyway, like it has happened, right? It's, it is super rare. And yeah. what he actually said, um, you know, look, it would be the absolute last resort in a million years, but if someone's about to stab you, of course you're going to do something, right? right? right. Um, no reason to bring it up in a democratic debate, though, number one. Everyone understands there's outliers. You don't need to hit all of them. Like, oh, well, you know, sometimes uh, it, like, if a cat starts going after your eyes, you can throw the cat across the room. Well, we all know that. I guess that's true. It doesn't happen a lot. The other part, though, is when he goes to punching, of all things, just pick any oh, other word. God. You know, like... you. you, you I, it's just, he's just what, was really he, what was he even trying to say? I, I legitimately don't even understand what he was trying I to say. I think he was trying to say we need to attack the problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're punching at the problem. He just used a, like, a more illustrative word, but I don't think he meant to tie it at all. No. To, he and he didn't is, even understand why people were laughing. 
I'm serious. I'm serious. It's, I know. That's what he always says after yeah. one of those moments. He's uh, so serious. Well, one, one more from Joe Biden. I, I found this to be, I think, the most awkward moment from Joe Biden, only because he made a comment about uh, being endorsed by the only African-American woman <laughs> elected to the Senate, which was kind of awkward considering who else was on <laughs> the, the stage with him. Watch. You know, I'm, I'm part of that, that Obama coalition. I come out of the black community in terms of my support. If you notice, like I have there. more people supporting me in the black community that announced for me because they know me. They know who I am. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus. The only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, my point that's is, not that's true. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> I said the first. No, he didn't. The first. Thank you. She handled that well, actually. She did. Yeah. Well, that's the, she, that's the same laugh she gives for everything. Yeah, it is true. There. It is true. But, I mean, it was funny to jump in there. Um, I do believe he said Blafrican American as well, yeah. which is <laughs> it's an awesome term. I've yeah. never heard it before. Uh, I mean, <laughs> first Blafrican American. In Biden's ever so mild defense, I think Kamala Harris is technically half Jamaican, half Indian. She, yeah. Right? So well, she, Obama was also half white and half black, and he was true. our first black president. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, you, he did say, of course, first. He did, or he did say only, he not the only. first. And then, um, no, 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 I said first. And this is I the way first. Joe Biden has a very unique bill. He's the San Diego Chargers or L.A. Chargers of, of these candidates. He has a unique way of sucking defeat out of victories. Like, he's got a great point. He's killing everybody with Blafrican voters. <laughs> <laughs> he is destroying everybody on that part. And nobody, like, that's a win. There should be a point where he's like, I, you know, I, he has a, a record that is obviously admired by, by Blafrican voters. And yet they still, uh, yet they still, he still turns that into a place that, the thing that people are playing back, making fun of him. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I, you could see him trying. I, I totally know what you're talking about when you say like it's like you see, you have an elderly relative yes. and like you see them struggling and it's hard yeah. Yeah. and like i don't know like biden's never been a hateable character right. i don't think even to most conservatives yeah. like he's kind of a guy like it's an he's annoying sometimes but you know he's always been kind of funny and like you, you laugh at him and you can't really understand why he gets away with stuff mm -hmm. you know this is hard to watch yeah. it's hard to watch yeah. uh more from the debate last night when we come back I just coined it. Coined a new one. <laughs> Before we get back into it, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So losing your hair sucks, right? Like there's no way else to talk about it. Let's just be blunt here. And by the way, men, I'm talking to women too because it happens to all of us. Uh, what you may not know is the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT. Uh, so there is a possible solution for this. Yay, you don't have to lose your hair. The FDA approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT and prevent hair loss. And it has triggered hair regrowth in a really large percentage of men. Uh, until now, those products were really expensive and you got to go to the doctor and have these embarrassing conversations that you don't want to have. You don't have to do that anymore. Yay, thanks to uh, modern day technology, you can, uh, you can go to Keeps. Keeps offers the generic versions of these two FDA approved hair products and they are 90%, up to 90% effective, totally affordable. And we got you half off to get you started. So you can go to keeps.com slash why you will answer a few questions take a few pictures of your hair and a licensed doctor will review your information and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you and then they ship it discreetly to your door just in case you're embarrassed about it which 
I wouldn't be because it happens to a lot of people. But if you are, you got to go to keeps.com slash why you will get 50% off to get you started. That is keeps.com slash why. Just to finish out this uh, Democratic debate review, a um, couple more things. Klobuchar, number one, I was very concerned with her shaking. Hmm. I haven't noticed it before. I don't know if either of you noticed it. She was. She looked like a wet chihuahua. She was shaking all night. I mean, you could see her hair was wow. visibly moving all night. Very, very bizarre. Hmm. Um, but here was one of the moments... Um, I'm not quite sure what she was getting at. She wanted to talk about uh, registering to vote at 18. Here's what she said. I have led the way on uh, voting. And I can tell you right now, one solution that would make a huge difference in this state would be allow every kid in the country to register to vote when they turn 18. Wow, so that's innovative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, did, am wow. I missing something? Is uh, that not... I thought that was what kind we of what already we have. On, yeah, <laughs> I saw, as someone who's, and I am an alum of the same law school as Amy Klobuchar, and she apparently has <laughs> has not read the Twenty Sixth Amendment. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, it's not a big deal. What did I miss? I legitimately, I was talking to my husband while she was speaking, and so we just caught the tail end of it, and I said. Okay, surely she was just saying something about like you got to it's it's an automatic registration. Yeah. Right? Like you don't have to actually go and okay. register. She must have been talking about it just auto enrolls you. Um but then I went back and and watched it and I was like no, well, that's not what she said. There's also a big push for people to be able to vote at 16 from the left. Right. Uh, trying to lower the age. So maybe why not 14? Yeah, why not why not? We should just be happy that she said 18. Yeah, I know. We should be we should be happy with that. By the way, I was watching that clip and the the I did notice the shaking. Um It's bizarre. I think I know what it is. What? Because we're sitting in this studio right now. She's freezing. <laughs> she is absolutely freezing up there, I think. That's probably That's, true. That is, uh, how many times has that happened to us? Like, I'm, I'm constantly shivering on the show. Whenever Glenn's here, he makes it 10 degrees in here. I have a blanket that's <laughs> in my lap right now because I'm so cold. Uh, and then, lastly, Elizabeth Warren. Now, Elizabeth Warren said a lot of crazy things uh, last night. This one was particularly annoying to me, talking about... Abortion rights are human rights. Watch. I believe that abortion rights are human rights. I believe that they are also economic rights. And protecting the right of a woman to be able to make decisions about her own body is fundamentally what we do and what we stand for as a Democratic Party. Understand this. When someone makes abortion illegal in America, rich women will still get abortions. It's just going to fall hard on poor women. It's going to fall hard on girls, women who don't even know that they're pregnant because they have been molested by an uncle. I want to be in America where everybody has a chance. I, uh, are we supposed to assume that rich women don't get molested by their uncles? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. But I mean, look, the, the way the left talks about human rights in this debate is obviously mm-hmm. it is the ultimate bait and switch the entire century. Everything is a human right now if they want it. Everything's a human right if they want it except for unborn children. Unborn <laughs> children are not humans. They have no rights. They're just the blob of cells. And they're not women. They're women you don't care about, apparently. Right. Uh, like half of them are, and right. uh, there's no interest in helping them at all. Uh, you know, I mean, this is, it's so... It's such doctrine now on the left that I don't think anyone... It's, it's difficult. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard got, like, booed for saying she didn't want third-term abortions, which is something only 14% of Americans right. support. It's way after viability, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. So, really interesting. I didn't think that Warren did anything for herself in, in that debate. Yeah, I will say, like, first of all, 
she this is this is the first time I think we've talked about this race since the plateau and slide of mm-hmm. Warren. I mean, she's clearly on the downslide now. We know um, uh, Buttigieg has kind of gone the ups, uh, upswing. There's been some nice polling for Sanders even uh, over the past few days. Um, and, you know, uh, Biden has pretty much held where he's been. He hasn't really changed the entire time. I don't know if the same people are just voting for him. Um, but Warren doesn't have to be spectacular. She doesn't have to be what we were talking about with Gabbard or Harris. Like, she needs to hold her own. She probably did that. But did she blunt the momentum of Buttigieg? I don't think so. I mean, I think Buttigieg was probably the winner. Um, And uh, Warren, while she doesn't have to go crazy because she's already in that tier, uh, she did nothing to help herself last night. What did you think of Tom Steyer? You know, Steyer, I don't think, is a legitimate threat, though I, I I do find it interesting about how Democrats give him no attention at all. And it's because they're all mad that he's buying, you know, his 4%. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, the bottom line is individuals have to vote for the guy. Like individuals are answering phone calls and saying, I would like to vote for Tom Steyer. I can't explain why they would want to do that, but they're saying it. Um, And just because he's got a lot of money does not, does not make that any less important. I mean, if he, if he keeps spending his money, can he stay in these debates? He can get the donors for sure because he can just continue to advertise until he gets the amount of donors. The question is, can he get up uh, up there in the polls? And he, he just the other day hit another 5% in an early state poll. Did he really? Um, was it New Hampshire? I can't remember. I think I, I want to say it was New Hampshire. Hampshire. South Carolina. I think it was New Hampshire. Wow. Too, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, so he is he is like people will put Cory Booker on the air every single day and talk to him about various things. And Julian Castro gets on the air. Tom Steyer is out polling all of these people. That's incredible. He's out. He's out polling uh, Kamala Harris in some of these polls, Tulsi Gabbard in some of these polls, and certainly the people way down the line that aren't even making these debates anymore. I mean, right now he's probably sixth or seventh in this race, right? And he gets absolutely no attention. Is because Democrats are like, well, that's not fair, and it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter when he's if he's president of the United States, uh, which I don't think he's going to be, yeah. but uh, it still counts. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of, of Tom Steyer and then also Tulsi Gabbard? So Tom Steyer, another thing that's hurting him, Stu, is that he's just he's a white dude. And he's, he's, yeah. a, he's a white dude who's not a communist like Bernie mm-hmm. and not, not a former vice president like Biden. So that's hurting him, too. But And the billionaire thing does not help. The billionaire right. thing definitely in, the, in this current party does not help. And that'll hurt Michael Bloomberg a lot, too, obviously, if, if he actually gets in this race. Um, quick point on the Liz Warren thing. I think you're totally right. I mean, if you look at the national polling, she just has to, to tread her ground. But she's also competing for the exact same lane of voters, I think, as Buttigieg. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's this highly educated, elitist, you know, Upper West Side, like yeah. Ivy League grad crowd. And Buttigieg has all momentum. And Warren, I think, did absolutely nothing to recover the momentum that she has subsequently lost. Mm-hmm. On Tulsi Gabbard, I mean, I, I just find Tulsi Gabbard, like, remarkably irksome. Like, I, I am, I, I, like, <laughs> like, 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 she, she, like, she profoundly bothers me, honestly. I mean, really? Yeah, and it's like, because she, 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 she waits, she wraps herself in the flag, she calls herself a patriot. I'm, okay, I, I'm not going to call her not a patriot. She mm-hmm. served, good for you. Mm-hmm. But she's literally meeting with Bashar al-Assad. Yes, like, she, like, you can't, you, you can't simultaneously yeah. wrap yourself in the flag and meet with sworn enemies of what this country stands for, like, in private. Like, it, it, like those two things just do not go together. So she's like she's remotely sane on like the the third term abortion thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually used to be a legitimate social conservative. She she, yeah. she, she opposed same sex marriage yes. like for a long time actually. Yes. Um, but uh, she just like really bothers me honestly. Yeah, no, it's, it's it is a weird comp. She's a, a weird a weird bird, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a it's an odd breed, I think you know. And it's 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 interesting that she kind of like. Um, has has this background where her dad was like a big time anti gay rights like activist uh, for a very long time, 
Um, one more quick point on, on uh, the uh, Warren uh, situation. Uh, like, we've talked a lot about like, sort of that socialist lane, right, where like, Warren and Sanders are competing. What's interesting is like, the voters for Warren that are falling are falling not to Sanders but to Buttigieg. And it's, it's, it's because they're not necessarily socialists, but they're rich, elite, educated white people. Mm-hmm. And those people are saying, I don't know, which one do I want, Warren or, or Buttigieg? And they're kind of now gravitating over to Buttigieg. Because, um, I mean, the social, the hardcore socialist people go, are going to go to Bernie. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, they don't want socialism light. Now, if he drops out, who knows what happens, mm. but I don't think he ever will. Yeah. Uh, also, Tulsi, we get it. You look good in white. Can you just wear something else, please? Back in a minute. That's like... That's true. She does wear white a lot, doesn't she? Yeah. She wore white in the one debate, and I think, like, she got so much... If you want more analysis from uh, 2020 election impeachment, all of that, you got to subscribe to Josh's newsletter. It's called Election Wire. Where can they do it? So you, you go to the Daily Wire. There'll be a banner on the bottom of our website that says subscribe here. You type in your email address. Um, I tweeted out today, too. So go to Josh underscore Hammer. You'll see it right there. It's called Election Wire. Weekly on Thursdays. Election analysis, polling analysis. Good stuff. Awesome. And, I mean, as an added bonus, you get way smarter commentary from him than you do from any of us. No, absolutely. So. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we get into overtime, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are someone who you're looking at the interest rates right now and you're like, hmm, I should probably get on this before uh, interest rates go back up again, which they always do. Uh, Or maybe you have a job that's just relocated you to a whole nother state, another city, and you have no idea where the good places are, where the good neighborhoods are, where you want your kids to grow up. You got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Glenn's company, and they have already, it's a matchmaking service for real estate agents. Uh, so they have already vetted all of these real estate agents to make sure that they are the top people in the area where you are moving to or where you are selling your house. And they are going to be the ones who are going to get you the best deal, number one. Number two, they're going to know where you and your family want to move, and you're not going to move in uh, next door to the crack addict. So, it's a big deal, okay? You got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. All you do is type in your zip code and your information, and they call you if it's in normal business hours within like 10 minutes. That's how great the service is. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, it is realestateagentsitrust.com. I did it myself. It's super easy, and we love our real estate agent we're working with, realestateagentsitrust.com. So the impeachment hearing today, um, I think it's still going on right now because, I don't know, the left hates us and just wants us to be in this constant Groundhog's Day that's the worst Groundhog's Day ever. Um, I didn't find anything particularly compelling that anyone said, uh, either of the witnesses had said. I did find it interesting, um, Fiona Hill, who her title escapes me, of course, right now, um, just on the screen, former national security something. Well, we will see. Mm-hmm. There it is. is former nice. national security <laughs> council director for Russia. Okay. That is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. That's hard to it's fit a on a business card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be really small font on that business card. Former national security council director for Russia, Fiona Hill. Uh, I did find this particular part of her testimony interesting. Watch. Based on questions and statements I've heard, some of you on this committee appear to believe 
that Russia and its security services did not conduct a campaign against our country and that perhaps, somehow, for some reason, Ukraine did. This is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. The unfortunate truth is that Russia was the foreign power that systematically attacked our democratic institutions in 2016. The Russian government's goal is to weaken our country, to diminish America's global role, and to neutralize a perceived US threat to Russian interests. President Putin and the Russian security services aim to counter US foreign policy objectives in Europe, including in Ukraine, where Moscow wishes to reassert political and economic dominance. I say this not as an alarmist, but as a realist. I do not think long-term conflict with Russia is either desirable or inevitable. I continue to believe that we need to seek ways of stabilizing our relationship with Moscow, even as we counter their efforts to harm us. Right now, Russia's security services and their proxies have geared up to repeat their interference in the 2020 election. We are running out of time to stop them. In the course of this investigation, I would ask that you please not promote politically driven falsehoods that so clearly advance Russian interests. Um, what's so interesting to me is that, you know, she made this assertion that people don't believe that Russia interfered in our election. And I, to my knowledge, no one is disputing that, right? Like, we spent two years investigating it. It's very clear that Russia definitely was interfering. But to say that Ukraine didn't have any hand in that, did people not get charged in Ukraine? Yeah. Did I make that up? Multiple <laughs> convictions in right. Ukraine for meddling in our elections. There's audio tape that supports that. So I, how is that a fictional narrative? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think because, and this is, uh, this is mostly, I think, Trump's fault. At least Trump has given them this, uh, this off-ramp because on the call he mentioned CrowdStrike. Mm -hmm. And the CrowdStrike part of this is a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it is, there isn't fa factual backup to this. There is factual backup to other things that have happened in Ukraine. So a lot of times people will just say, well, it's conspiracy theories. And then you ask them about it, well, what do you mean? They'll say, well, CrowdStrike. Right. Well, it's like, well, that one is. Right. Um, you know, the other parts of this aren't conspiracy theories. I would say it's fair to say, however, that Russia did a lot more Absolutely. to try to affect our elections than Ukraine did. Yeah. However, this is an important part of the story, too. We don't have to just be limited to saying one country did it all because it, there was a lot of shady stuff that happened in that entire region. Yeah, Josh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Stu just said. The one thing that I will say in her very slight defense, Trump had that really, really terrible press conference. I think it was with Putin in Helsinki, Finland, like last summer, mm -hmm. where he basically did question the CIA and intelligence community <laughs> and said that Russia did, likely did not sure. interfere. So that's like the one data point that she can glom onto. But other than that, you're but totally she, right. Well, she did say some of you on this committee. Oh, like, I missed that. Okay. Trump is not on the committee, okay. right? So it's like there's no one sitting up there who has ever tried right. to perpetrate that they didn't believe that Russia right. interfered in yeah. our election. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I know there have been some uh, congressmen who have said very skeptical things. And, like, I think that for some reason, and this is a huge, huge uh, problem and the worst thing, I think, that came out of the entire Mueller report, which is it, the Mueller report turned into this thing that was about Donald Trump instead of what it was, which was about Russia. Yeah. And so now the left feels like, well, they just have to say that Russia was bad and that no one else did anything else. And a lot of conservatives seem to fall to that uh, fall down this hole of, well, 
this is us versus them. So we can't agree that Russia was bad or we're, on, we're not on Donald Trump's side. That's a very negative thing because Russia really did do a lot. In fact, I think that's what the, the value of the Mueller report was, that it did outline and show how Russia was actually trying to manipulate our, our elections. Like, I mean, look, Russia doesn't care about Donald Trump. They don't care about Hillary Clinton. They care about the much bigger game. And they're winning the bigger game here because they continually are able to uh, to divide us and, and and cause chaos, which is what they're trying to do by playing both sides of this. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned previously, no big bombshells, even fake bombshells like they were talking about yesterday uh, happened today. It was just kind of, I mean, quite frankly, I, I'm, I have to sit there and watch it and it's just so agonizing painful. and it's so painful and I'm waiting for something big to happen so that we can talk about it. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, I've just wasted hours of my life watching this crap and nothing has even come of it. Um, but I, I want to get back to what happened yesterday. Um, and Josh, I want to get your thoughts on just kind of American public in general. Yesterday, Mike Turner had a back and forth with uh, Sondland, or maybe it was the day before. I no, it was yesterday. Was, was it yesterday? Yeah. Okay. See, all of this crap with the debates and everything, like it's aged me 20 of. years. Yeah. It really is. Um, so he had this back and forth with him and had him clarify because it was a little bit confusing previously um, trying to determine what was his presumption and what he actually knew to be fact. Turner had Sondland clarify that um, he did not hear from anyone in the world, including Donald Trump, that Donald Trump was linking the aid to any sort of, uh, you know, investigation or to anything. Um, I posted that and I got pushback from people who were telling me that I was stupid, that I was lying, that obviously he said that there was quid pro quo. And I'm just, I'm so, uh, I'm just so exhausted um, by society who seems to just not want to believe their own eyes and ears anymore. I mean, the congressman got Sondland very, very clearly to say that mm -hmm. no one told him it was a quid pro quo. That was that was his presumption. Here's the broader point, and this is why I, I, I have my column on, was actually on this on this yesterday. I think it was a huge mistake for the White House and congressional Republicans and really people in conservative media who want to defend the president. Everyone seems to be kind of. This consensus is that the best way to do so is to say no quid pro quo. Uh, yes. yeah. This is a terrible yeah. argument. Yes. Even if you there was no say, quid pro quo. Yeah, there was quid pro quo, and there should be. Mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> Ar argue that on the substance, yeah. mm -hmm. not procedure, but on the substance of what happened on the phone call yeah. does not rise to the high crimes and misdemeanors of which the Constitution talks about for impeachment. Right. That is the argument. The argument is it, this, this quid pro quo, no quid pro quo argument is so breathtakingly stupid. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, like, it's amazing to me that like, this is the argument that has transfixed the American public for two months now. Yeah. And, I, and, and that was my big takeaway from, from, from that exchange between Turner and Sondland, was I, I, it, I, this is so silly, honestly. But no, you are saying, the people going back to you, that, he, he said that. He, I, he, just, we live in a society now where you can present actual hard evidence. I mean, Glenn's done this Ukraine special, and it's like they just don't want to look. They're unwilling. To, they just want to bury their heads in the sand, and they just they don't want to look at the actual truth. I guess it yeah. just— I mean, look— I, because you're right. Well, this is a this is it's not really a legal proceeding, right? It's a it's a constitutional mm -hmm. proceeding, and it's a lot very p political. Um, if you were in a court of law, there'd be a really I think there's a really good argument to say, like, look, he didn't do this with right. the money. He didn't hold the money back for this. 
That being said, there, there's no one arguing that Gordon Sondland was like, I want to quid pro quo with them on this money, right? Why would he want to do that? Right. Well, he presented that to Ukraine for a reason. Yeah. And the reason isn't that he's just crazily making it up out of nowhere. He did, I'm sure, have the impression that this is what he was supposed to do. Why, why else would he do it? There, there's no. He's complaining about the fact that it was a quid pro quo. He didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. He's He's got that message from somewhere. Right. He, he claims that it was just the overall impression. And look, Donald Trump has been through, he's been around, all right? This guy's been building real estate in New York. He know he's been through a lot of lawsuits. He knows you don't say quid pro, the quid pro quo on the record. You have Michael Cohen say the quid pro quo on the record. You have uh, Rudy Giuliani or somebody else say it. Um, I, you know, look, I think, I think that he probably did do this with the with the funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that still is right. I think you know uh, for the most part with the. With a, within a window, right? Because it was, const- you know, the Congress did approve it, so he should be letting it go. But I mean, he has a window there with a few weeks left. If he wants to put extra pressure on him to get corruption um, investigated, that's completely his right, as long as it's in the national interest. And that is the argument he should be making. This is a good thing for America, for because we're not going to give him another four hundred million dollars if they're not going to be honest with us. It's a political winner too. Foreign yeah. aid yes. is extremely yes. unpopular. Yes, mm-hmm. it consistently pulls one of the least popular yeah. things that Congress funds every single year that they fund the budget in the first place. So it's a political winner. It's the correct political argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it baffles me why no one is doing this. Honestly. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, and it also baffles me that people will say the whole political rival thing. And I'm like, are you saying that someone is immune to investigation <laughs> for a potential crime if they run for office? Like, that's all you that's, have to do. You can go you can go commit whatever crime you want I mean, purely, and then run for office. And because you're someone's political rival, they can't investigate you. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my what's life. What's amazing is that is precisely the law they had in Ukraine, which caused all the corruption. <laughs> yeah. Is They gave immunity to anyone who got into office. Right, so then right. they all were really corrupt because they couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And now they're arguing for that standard to apply here. It's bizarre. Well, especially, uh, you know, all of these impeachment hearings are going on while Ukraine... Uh, Ukraine press is printing stories that literally this is the headline. Hunter Biden and partners got 16.5 million in illegal money, Ukraine Mm -hmm. MP alleges. Mm -hmm. So Ukraine member of parliament said Hunter Biden and his partners with Burisma received the illegal funds uh, obtained by a Ukrainian crime family and laundered through another country. Uh, You know, and then the prosecutor general's office document that they have. Once again, confirms the data I had previously published on Burisma and international corruption. And, uh, you know, it came from a suspicion notice to formal, former Ukraine ecology minister and owner of the Burisma group, uh, Lachevsky. It's like, why are we even having this stupid dog and pony show when even Ukraine is like, hey, guys, something happened yeah. that we should really go back and look into again because something happened right. and it stinks. And we're going to tell Donald Trump he's wrong for saying, hey, guys, something happened. You should look into it and it stinks. I mean, it's been a rough 24 hours for Joe Biden. Uh, this is, I mean, the debate he's performance. He's got a new grandkid he didn't know about. <laughs> uh, this story. Now, look, in Ukraine, a lot of people accuse a lot of people of a lot of things. So who knows? But I will say it doesn't happen in America all the time. And in America today, they had a story came out that $130 million from bailout funds went to Hunter Biden's company through a subsidiary in the Cayman Islands. Mm. Um, and remember, these bailout funds, it was the bailouts and, and the, you know, the, the Reinvestment Act and all the, the stimulus and all that was something that Joe Biden had supposed oversight on, 
right? Yes. And this money funneled around $130 million and made its way back into uh, Hunter Biden and uh, Heinz and that, that whole uh, group's uh, pockets. I'm not shocked by it, but I mean, this is there seems to be real stuff going on here, um, at the very least unfair treatment uh, to the positive uh, for Hunter Biden in so many different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they no. asked them, they asked Joe Biden and Hunter Biden questions about it and completely write it off. Mm-hmm. Right. They tossed them a softball question and completely write off the the idea that they are actually guilty of these things. It's incredible. It is incredible. I mean, the only winner of the past 24 hours, from my perspective, is Hunter Biden's baby mama in Arkansas because <laughs> now she has all this, she's got all this Burisma money for, 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 for child support payments. So she is the real winner here, honestly. But you know what? I, and she doesn't have to live with Hunter Biden. <laughs> yes. So she's, nice she, she's hashtag, the money she's hashtag the, winning on multiple fronts. There you go. Um, but what, I think there was, a, there was a huge FOIA like report came out a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. About like how Burisma was like lobbying for a State Department uh, meeting like a month before Biden was trying to crack down on like the prosecutor over there. The timeline of this is is nuts. And I actually haven't even seen that $130 million thing from the bailouts. Mm-hmm. That was a headline from just today? From today, yep. Wow, okay. So I haven't even seen that. Mm-hmm. So the point is here, on the substance, there is a lot of corruption going on here. If the Republicans would just make that argument. Yes, yes, yes. If you're listening, Devin, Nunes, I know you're trying, but guys, you got to do better. <laughs> All right. Uh, yesterday's poll, who is going to say the craziest thing at tonight's fifth Democratic debate? Ding, ding, ding. You yeah, win. you win. Winner. Joe Biden. 33% of you said Joe Biden, followed by Kamala at 23. Oh, I'm sorry. Followed by Elizabeth Warren at 28. Uh, Kamala at 23 and Bernie Sanders at 16. I mean, when it's the polls Great about job, crazy, guys. if Bernie Sanders finishes last, you got a weird field. <laughs> Today's poll. Will these impeachment hearings change anyone's mind on whether or not Trump should be impeached? I mean, uh, it's gonna, I'm sure it's changing somebody's mind, but I don't know who. I mean, I you know, it's certainly not enough to get to 67 senators. In well, the Senate. I, I mean, I, are we talking about the general public or are we talking about, you know, the the Congress people? Because I think the Congress people, if you're a Democrat, you want to impeach him. If you're a Republican, you're saying no. Yeah. The general public, though, it's like it depends on what station you're watching. I feel if you're watching CNN and MSNBC, you're going to be hearing of all these, you know, bombshell testimonies. And you're going to be like, oh, crap, he really should be impeached. But if you really look at it. No. Do you think you'll get see over these, which I assume will be two votes in the House and in the Senate? Um, we're not 100 percent sure we're going to do it in the Senate, but I think we will. Yeah. Do you think there'll be any party switchers on those votes? Yeah, I, 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 I think like Romney or Susan Collins might might switch up. Might go in the Senate. And Joe, 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 Joe Manchin, Manchin might too. Yeah. That's who I was going to say. Probably, I, I think, think he, probably, he probably will actually. I think he will too. And then this in the House, uh, you'll get some probably. There'll be a few that might switch either either way it goes, but it's not going to be a lot. No. I mean, this is very yeah. partisan activity at this point, and I think that's why a lot of people feel free to not take it all that seriously. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. Will the impeachment hearing change anyone's mind? You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. And don't forget to subscribe to Election Wire over at The Daily Wire, Josh's new newsletter, who, once again, he's way smarter than uh, any of us. So he Fake can news. give you way, way better. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for us. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, because Amash is not a Republican anymore. It's an independent now. Right. He's going to obviously vote for it. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.